0: Contrary to what it says in the bulletin, Mr. Hope today is not speaking on the great unknown, but he's asking the question, is America too wealthy for its own good? Mr. Hope. Thank you, Red. Good afternoon, everyone. Good to see all y'all here. And I'm not speaking in any unknown tongues either. As the bulletin says, unknown. Uh, I'll tell you why that happened. Uh, they began to enforce the rules they've had for several years. <laughs> they've they've had a deal here, and I came up and uh, asked Rick. I said, "Well, do you still need my, my uh, uh, title?" And he said, "No, huh? too late. It's unknown." I said, "What do you mean?" He said, <laughs> "He said, well, we've already got it done," and he handed me our speaking schedule, you know, and he pointed out, says, if you need to change an assignment, please notify Lawrence Gregory as soon as possible so that other arrangements can be made, and notify Sherry Gawish so the Sabbath bulletin will be corrected, no problem. Be prepared a week in advance for any last-minute changes that may be required, no way. (laughs) That ain't going to (laughs) happen. In most cases, for a lot of us in here, we're not going to be ready a week. We can. If Lawrence calls us up in the morning and says, so-and-so, can you give a message today? You know, a number of us, you know, we'll get up and do something. We'll wing it, you know. But, But to have a title week, no. And then it says, important. Notice we need your titles no later than Friday night prior to the weekend you are scheduled to speak. Some people can do that. Reggie, I guess you're pretty good at that all time, aren't you? Red, Red, Red's got a backlog, and I think uh, uh, Art Williams, he's always got something ready too. But anyway, some of our people are very well prepared. Uh, Friday night, before you either email your titles to Sherry Gay with, or call her. This is so we can update the website and be prepared, or prepare the bulletin for that week. So, th- this has been out for a long time. And uh, I've noticed Sherry's been getting a little later to call me, and I think, well, maybe I'd better call her. Well, today I didn't call her. And to come find out, that's my job. <laughs> Rick pointed that out, that's my job. So I had a quick uh, quick uh, attitude adjustment I had to give myself. You know, I don't like being corrected. I really don't like it, and if you're praying for me, Pray for my <laughs> my attitude, too, because I, you know, I, I don't like to offend people. I do, you know. I even uh, put a note down here the other day. I um, Put a note down here. It was kind of a little bit harsh, I guess. My wife said it was, you know, about uh, bringing uh, colored drinks and food into the sanctuary, you know. And uh, she said, boy, you were blunt. That was really, you know, everybody's wondering who that was. And she <coughs> told him it was me. I put the note up. I didn't sign it, you know. But, I guess they could tell by the bluntness of it it was me. And, uh, you know, and I, I would probably, uh, uh, if my attitude don't clear down a little bit, I'll leave another note. Please watch your chewing gum in the, the sanctuary. Uh, Matthew back here, uh, uh, Brian, I'm sorry, uh, Gay was back here now trying to get some fresh gum out of the carpet. He asked me, what do you do with this? And it's still sticky. Happened today. So I'm gonna try to be nice. I'm <laughs> gonna we'll be tactful. You know, I know accidents happen. I know we all do those things, but if you're an adult, keep your gum in your mouth. Dad gummit. <laughs> anyway, never mind. Uh yeah, but anyway, the title of mine is is uh yeah, it has it on the the uh screen up here. Is America Too Wealthy for its own good? What do you think? Anybody? Somebody? Some some say yes. Some, they, they they say yeah, or if you do say yes, you think God will take it away from you or something. Well, one thing that brought this up, um, I don't know how many of you ever have a chance to uh, listen to uh, Mr. Ronald Lord on radio. Uh, a lot of you know him. Some people like him, some people don't. Um, uh, just like Paul said, Apostle Paul said, well, you know, you say, I'm of Paul, I'm of Apollos, I'm a so-and-so, uh, and, and we can say the same thing. Well, I'm of Ron, I'm of David Anthony, or I'm of Lawrence Gregory, or, or uh, I'm of Reggie, or someone. Well, I like all of them, and, and I can get a little bit of each of them, and I'll even quote from them, too, at times, and even even Curtis Whiteley, you know, is definitely worthy of quoting, you know, a very bright young man. But when something comes up worthy of quoting, I quote. Even a Sunday church, uh, the first Baptist preacher comes on about a, uh, an hour after Ron Dart does, and I even listen to him. I, I, I really hate getting through the first 30 minutes of it, you know, the that screaming old music and stuff that they have but he doesn't give good sermons and so I, I can get something good out of a lot of people and i know a lot of you can too but last week's uh, radio broadcast he had some good things so i'm plagiarizing i'm taking a lot uh, of my stuff out of uh, some things that he said and i agree i, I did owe it and he says uh, uh, and, and you know for one thing, too, that many a times I talk about problems, I talk about trials and, and troubles and all this, you know, and, and sometimes you think, well, David, don't you know anything besides troubles and problems? Well, I do. I can talk about marriage. <laughs> I can tell you about bad attitudes and how not to have them like I do. But uh, anyway, but this is something that's still been on my mind, been on a lot of our minds, a lot of the problems that our country's in, the problems our world is in right now. And one of the things that, that uh, really uh, struck me in the broadcast, and, and I guess you'd probably say was kind of the theme of the thing, was um, uh, hard times help us become stronger. And he was saying, and um, he didn't think that necessarily hard times were always bad. You know, sometimes hard times are, are good for us not that he was wanting America to really have a lot of problems but he says a lot of times it does help us to come stronger today that's like I said today that's what I want to talk about something along that line and um, we most of us really feel that strong times I mean uh, hard times are coming a lot of people are having hard times right now a lot of people are have lost their jobs uh, uh, some of them, even with the extended um, unemployment, people are, more and more people are uh, becoming unemployed. And unemployment checks are running out. And it's kind of like a person said a long time ago, maybe it was Will Rogers or somebody, I don't know who it was, but anyway they said, well, a recession is when, when your neighbor loses a job, but it's a depression when you lose yours. So a lot of, a lot of people are in a depression right now And on the line of the, uh, just kind of touch on a scripture that will go along with the hard times, and and uh, sometimes are not necessarily bad. Go to Second Corinthians, twelve chapter and verse one, if you will. First Corinthians, twelve, verse one, and I'll read to verse ten. It is not expedient for me, doubtless, to glory. I will come to. I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. I knew a man in Christ, I'm, I'm reading something that's not quite, quite necessary, but I knew a man in Christ above fourteen years ago, whether in a body or I cannot tell, or whether out of the body I cannot tell, God knows. Such a one caught up into the third heaven, I knew such a man, whether in a body or out of the body I cannot tell, God knows. How that he was caught up into paradise and heard unspeakable words which it is not lawful for man to utter. Of such a one I will, will I glory, yet of myself I will not glory, but in my infirmities. For though I would desire to glory, I shall not be a fool, for I will say the truth, but now I forbear lest any man should think of me above that which he sees me to be, or that he hears of me. Paul's like me. You're not going to think too much of Paul, and you're not going to think too much of me. I have too many problems. But Paul's, uh, I'm not saying I'm righteous like Paul. But anyway, unless I should be exalted above measure, though through the abundance of the revelation there was given unto me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, Lest I should be exalted above measure for this thing I besought the Lord thrice three times, that it might depart from me in verse nine, and he said unto me, my grace is sufficient, sufficient for you for my strength or for my strength is made perfect in weakness. most gladly, therefore, I would rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. There are a lot of other scriptures we can go to, but I don't want to go to them right now. But uh, when we do have problems, uh, we do have a tendency to become stronger. We become stronger Christians. We know uh, in the New Testament times and, and down through history, when the church was persecuted, the church grew. You know, right after the, uh, the stoning and the killing of Stephen, you know, how the, how the church just absolutely multiplied people going into other places. And if things were going well and people could hang around in Jerusalem all the time, they probably wouldn't have done very much. They made a comment, and this is kind of a paraphrase, but it was almost word for word. Uh, the more wealth we have, the more sin we have. I'm just kind of paraphrasing this, but the wealthier it seemed like people become or nations become. Uh, the more sinful we become, and we're familiar with, it seemed like every time Israel and, and the Old Testament would uh, thrive and things would go well, here they go, you know, all the partying, the hoopla, and, and uh, God would have to punish them again. Um, most of you, or some of you are pretty familiar with Deuteronomy, the eighth chapter, like Said there are a lot of places we can go also for that, but we'll just kind of keep it brief. Deuteronomy eight verse one one and two. Oh, 1 to twenty. Never mind. And the camp excuse me. And the commandments which I command you this day shall you observe to do that it may that you may live and multiply. And going in the land, going in the land, no, I'm sorry, going in and possessing the land which the Lord sware unto your fathers. And you shall remember all the way which the Lord your God led you these forty years in the wilderness, to humble you and to prove you and to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or no. Verse three And he humbled you and suffered you to hunger and fed you with manna which you knew not neither did your fathers know that he might make you know that man does not live by bread alone we hear that Jesus mentions that but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God out of the Lord does man live your raiment wax not old upon you neither did your feet swell these forty years you shall consider in your heart Ponder in your heart, basically, that as a man chastens his son, so the Lord chastens you. And We've been chastened and probably will be chastened. Therefore, you shall keep the commandment of the Lord your God to walk in his ways and to fear him. For the Lord your God brings you into a good land. A land of brooks and water, and boy, when you look at America and you go to some of our national parks and and just the plains and the mountains, we have a gorgeous land. You know, we have such variety. You know, you can get on uh, New York City and go to California or go down to Texas, San Antonio, and go all the way to Canada, and you see such beautiful country that America has. Even though he's not talking about America in that particular scripture— but the same thing applies to us right now. Brooks of water, of fountains and deeps, that, depths anyway, that spring out of the valleys and hills. A land of wheat and barley and vines and fig trees and pomegranates. A land of oil, oil of, or of olive oil and honey. A land wherein you shall eat bread without scarceness. You shall not lack anything in it, a land whose stones are iron, and out of whose hills you may dig grass. When you have eaten and are full, then you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land which he has given you. Beware, and here's the warning, beware that you forget not the Lord your God in keeping His commandments. How, how much notoriety is given in the media about our Ten Commandments and about obeying God and serving God. And on the other hand, how many times do you hear these high up people, some of these comedians that are well thought of ridiculing the religion, ridiculing God, ridiculing Christianity Keep his commandments and His judgments and His statutes which I command you this day. Lest when you have eaten and are full and have built good houses and dwelt therein and when your herds and your flocks multiply and your silver and your gold is multiplied and all that you have is multiplied then your heart be lifted up and you forget the Lord your God which brought you out, brought you Forth out of the land of Egypt, from the house of bondage, who led you through the great and terrible wilderness, wherein were fierce serpents and scorpions and drought, where there was no water, who brought you forth water out of the rocks? And the Flint, and we can take that in our conditions in the world, uh, our, before we came into the church. You know, the wilderness that we were in, we we were always thirsty for something, always hungering for uh, an unfulfilled something in our life. It was 15 my last verse that I read on that? I lost my place. If I thought I moved my finger loose. They tell the little kids in school, don't use your fingers. You know, don't do that. Well, they did 50 years ago. Put it that way. Who fed you in the wilderness with manna, which by your which your fathers knew not, that he might humble you and that he might prove you to do you good at the later end, and you may say in your heart, My power and my might. My hand has gotten me this wealth. And and we know people that have said that. People in the last election have talked about how great America is and how we have our own ingenuity and how we have got this good wealth. But you shall remember the Lord your God for it is He that gives you power to get wealth that He may establish His covenant which He sware unto your fathers as it is this day. And it shall be that you do at all forget the Lord your God and walk after other gods and serve them and worship them I testify against you this day that you shall surely perish it's a warning America needs to take heed we need to take heed as the nations which the Lord destroyed before your face so shall you perish because you would not be obedient unto the voice of the Lord your God and, you know, I know that a lot of us have, have said this many a time from the same pulpit, and we try to even tell some of our friends, some of our people. We try to work scriptures in, try to work, like uh, Lisa said, Pat Dennis always did, you know. He always had a way when he's in a conversation with somebody, always had a way, even a stranger, a way of getting some of the God's truth in there. And, and, and Pat was very gifted in that way, and some of us are trying to learn that, too. Because we don't like to be like some of the people you know some of the other do you know the Lord you know well you're just saying you know if you would just quit doing this you would be you know we like we don't mind the, the thought getting through but we want to say it in a tactful way let me catch up with myself again and like uh, I guess I said a while ago that, or he said that good times don't necessarily make good people. It's not, not for making good people. He made a comment that, um, uh, and this is one of the things that we've talked about too, that people that, that are this way that they don't need God, they just don't have a perception of a need for God. You know, most, most of the people out here working today and doing their thing really don't have a perception at all. Well, why do I need God? Things are going okay. You know, here two or three years ago, I gave kind of a series of messages. Why do people go to church and why do they don't go to church? And and uh, basically, it's, it's all for perceptions. You're here today because you have a perception that, that you need to be here. You know, for some reason, you need to be here. You want to be here. And your reasons, many of them will be similar, but some of them will be different too. But we do have a perception, most of us, that we need God. We need God in our life. And a big part of the world right now don't think that they need God. They just say, well, why? And maybe, possibly, I'm not trying to be a prophet, and I couldn't be anyway, but uh, possibly, you know, these people are going to be humble down when things get so rough. I know some people right now just acquaintances that are really having some hard times and are really beginning to kind of soften up a little bit kind of like a little penetrating oil you know you can take a, an old rusty boat nut you know that's rusted together and you try to get the thing apart and, and, and it won't work and you put a little liquid rinse or WD-40 or something on there and, and let it soak and put some more on well maybe that's what God's doing to some of the people he just put a little penetrating oil on them now with the Holy Spirit and with problems and trials and and uh, hopefully when things really get bad then we will be there you know, we used to think. Uh, this is a lot of my own thoughts, but you know, we used to think that years ago that the church was going to go to a place of safety. You know, this is a number of years ago. You know, we we're going to go to Petra or something. We were going to go, to a place of safety, and all these other people are going to stay over here in America, and they're going to fry. You know, they're going to be in captivity. They're going to be beaten up. You know, and, and it's going to be worse than the German concentration camps. You know, and and. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm shameful to say that it didn't really bother me that much, and I don't know why. I guess at that time I was still young, like some of you young families out here, and I knew that my kids would be with me, my wife and I, you know, if we went along with all the things that the church said and everything, we were obedient to God, we'd be on uh, 747 or a sailboat or something, you know, going to Petra, and our kids would be here, and all, and all these horrible healings back home, even our relatives, you know, all these people are the ones that are going to go through the tribulation, and they they deserve it, you know. We don't, but they deserve it. Uh, this is my attitude. It might not have been so many years. I know Lucille's been around for a long time. She probably didn't think that way, but uh, that was kind of my perception, and, and uh, but anyway, but but now you know that I'm older and some of you are older if that were true I don't think I would really like being over there and knowing that my family and I've said this a number of times I don't think I would feel a bit comfortable knowing that a lot of these young people older people are suffering and hurting and pain and misery over here while we're over here you know, about ready to become spirit beings. I don't think we could enjoy that. I digress there a little. But um, uh, anyway, we we, we have our reasons now. Um, And he made a comment that that I thought was kind of interesting. He said, a lot of the young people, and I don't think he thinks just young people, but in this particular incident. A lot of the young people (laughs) really don't know the value of a dollar. And maybe you can identify with this, maybe some of your kids will want to do that. Do your kids want to go out and pay $75 to $100 for a pair of jeans? Not only a pair of jeans, but a pair that's got holes in the knees and holes in here, holes in the rear end. Boy, I tell you what, I've got some jeans at home and I bet you do too that I would not wear anywhere. But I really ought to get on Craigslist or Jenny's or whoever it is, you know, on the Internet and advertise. I mean, I put a lot of work in those things. I know you did too, you know, down on her knees and kicking that knee kicker and down painting on the floor and, and uh, you know, even been cut with a razor blade, you know. And, and these are natural things. They're, they're not done superficially, you know. That I didn't put bleach all over, make it look like I've been sitting on my butt all day, And you know. Uh, these are real things and maybe, maybe we could make some money if you guys have some and, and uh, give me some ideas. I've got two or three pair that I haven't thrown away yet and I haven't used for grease rags. But a lot of people really, <laughs> they're, they're a little bit spoiled. And he made a comment too, Mr. Dart made a comment and said, do we really need all of these things? Do we really need everything we have? And he's not, he wasn't advocating in, in his message, I don't think, that we should get rid of it. But uh, if things do happen that we do lose a lot, do we really need it? Can we, can we function without it? And I've thought for a long time, too, for a lot of years, it's a lot easier to uh, never have had something than to walk away from it. You know, I've never had a Beamer or, or a Mercedes, a new one, you know. And uh, so I don't miss that. But if I had one, and I had to go back to an old 55 Chevy or something, it might be a little hard to do, you know, no power steering and all of that. But Mm -hmm. do we really need all the things? And he uh, mentioned something that uh, when he and Allie were young, and uh, some of us can identify with this too, and he was talking about uh, living in a one-room apartment. I guess they were going to college, a one-room apartment, and had a... um, um, Cushman Eagle. Any of the older people remember the old Cushman Eagle motor scooters? Some of you don't. You may not be old enough, I guess. But anyway, uh, he had a Cushman Eagle motor scooter that he and Allie would ride around on. That was her transportation. Now, Fran and I weren't quite that bad. Uh, Ron's about six, seven, eight years older than us, and we did have uh, a one-room apartment, I guess, two rooms. We had a kitchen and bedroom were, I mean, the uh, bathroom and bedroom were the same room, bed here, and couch here, and had a kitchen, a little bitty small kitchen and a bathroom. And, you know, it wasn't bad. It was, I wouldn't want to go to it now, I've got too much junk. Uh, my junk owns me, I don't think I own it, but, uh, and, and, and I had bought friend a little Vespa motor scooter to, to go with my big Harley, you know, and, and uh, my Harley was broke down all the time, so I would ride it, and I would ride it to work. And you talk about cold. I mean, no windshield, no nothing. And drive down Pine Street from Sheridan all the way to Utica and then back up to Almost Admiral. It was cold. I would actually pray for a signal light to turn red before i get to it so, you know, the wind would quit blowing. And uh, one of my co-workers uh, told my boss, he said, yeah, I thought that was Rudolph, the red-nosed reindeer coming down here. You know, I said, we pull up here and David's nose just glaring. But... Um, but I, I, did, uh, have, I did use it, I don't mean just to be bragging, but uh, the first uh, winter that Fran and I were in the church, uh, I had not drive that, I could afford gas. You know, we took a cut and pay from losing the night shift to the day shift so I didn't have to work Friday night, and I know some of you have done some of the same things. I wouldn't want to go back and do it now, but I look back at it now, you know, and we made it. We made it. We had the scriptures. We had God's word. We knew that we would make it. We knew that we could be there because we were doing God's will. 80 miles to the gallon on that old Vespa wasn't bad. It really wasn't bad. And as he said, and I, I kind of think too, but I, I'm not wishing it by any means, but maybe we do need hard times to, to straighten things. Uh, he made a comment about families a lot of times uh, would be closer if, if they didn't have the money to do all of these exotic things. And, and uh, used to, people would be closer together. They, they spent more time as family. I know I've even, uh, some of my family uh, are even talking about the, you know, they're beginning to realize that all of this stress, all of the, the, the hassle of making money and trying to climb the corporate ladder and do all of these things, that uh, it, it's a little more fun to spend time with your kids, to spend more time with them, and to do that. So I'm, I'm hoping that a lot of people will wake up. I know we had uh, a little bit of a reawakening during the uh, 9-11 uh, bombing and everything. People began to turn around a little bit. Uh, If you turn with me over real quick over to Hosea, the fourth chapter, and I'll read just a little bit over there before I wind down. Hosea 4, verse 1. This is something that that we have tried to do, nearly all of us have tried to do for years, and and a lot of us are still doing it. Uh, Hosea 4, verse 1. Hear the word of the Lord, you children of Israel, for the Lord has a controversy with the inhabitants of the land, because there is no truth, nor mercy, nor knowledge of God in the land. By swearing, and lying, and killing, and stealing, and committing idolatry, they break out, and blood touches blood. Therefore shall the land mourn, and everyone that dwells therein shall languish with the beast of the field, and the fowls of the heaven, Yea the fishes of the sea also shall be taken away let no man strive let no man strive nor reprove another for your people are as they that strive with a the priest therefore shall you fall in that day and the prophet also shall fall with you in the night and i will destroy your mother my people, and this is probably the main thrust of the scripture, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge, because you have rejected knowledge, I will also reject you. That you shall not that, that you shall be no priest to me, saying, You have forgotten the law of God, I will forget your children. People need to know that. We need to give it a be a Vehicle with helping to do that. I'll read a few more verses. As they were increased, so they sinned against me. Therefore, I will change their glory into shame. They eat up the eat up the sin of my people, and they set their heart on their iniquity. And there shall be like people, like priests, and I will punish them for their ways and reward them for their doings. For they shall eat and not have enough. They shall commit whoredom and shall not increase. Because they have left off to take heed of the Lord. Whoredom and wine and new wine take away the heart. So many times people are so involved with the drugs and the the trying to soothe their own mind and, and make themselves feel good. And one thing that they, the main thing that they should be doing, could be doing, and I think most of us understand that and know that, is to look to God, seek God, look to God. God and Jesus has given so many um, promises, and most of us have been able to capitalize on those, and we believe them. You know, we've been, a lot of us have been around for a lot of years, and even even you middle aged people have been around in the church for a lot of years now, and you, you began to see over the years the promises that God um, gives to us. He gives us peace of mind. He doesn't necessarily take away all of our problems, but just to be able to bear it. You know, to give us a way to, to bear the problems that we have, whether they're good or bad. And we know that, you know, we haven't been like Paul. Paul was a good man, but how many times was he beaten, you know, with stripes and shipwrecked and all that? It wasn't because he was bad, But God was still there with him. He said, my grace would be sufficient for you. Um, Real quickly over to Deuteronomy 4, verse 1. I'm uh, getting real close. Deuteronomy 4, verse 1 through 9. And I may have already covered some of this. Deuteronomy 4, verse 1 says... Now therefore hearken O Israel to the statutes and judgments which I teach you for to do them that you may live and go in and possess the land which the Lord your God your God, uh, Lord God of your fathers gives you you shall not add unto the word which I command you neither shall you diminish it from it that you may keep the commandments of the Lord your God which I command you your eyes have seen what the Lord did because of Baalpeor, for all of the men that followed him, <laughs> the Lord your God has destroyed them from among you. But you, but you did cleave unto the Lord your God, are alive every one of you this day. Behold, I have taught you statutes and judgments, even as the Lord my God commanded me, that you should do so in the land whether you go to possess it keep therefore and do them for this is your wisdom this is our wisdom and your understanding in the sight of the nations which shall hear all the statutes and say surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people for what nation is there so great and I don't think most nations can say that about us today. Not in the direction we've gone and, and will go if we don't turn around. For what nation is there so great who has God so near unto them as our Lord, or the Lord our God, in all things that he will call upon him for? And what nation is there so great that has statutes and judgments which our Supreme Court wants to do away with? statutes and judgments so righteous as this law which I set before you this day only take heed to yourself and keep your soul diligently lest you forget the things which your eyes have seen and lest they depart from your heart and all the days of your life But here's the instruction but teach them your sons and your sons sons and Steve is doing that now Lawrence is doing that now and has been for years teaching not only did we teach our sons and our daughters teaching our daughters sons and our sons sons and daughters that's what we are to do and that's what, what uh, hopefully more of our sons will begin to do uh, one more scripture in, in closing uh, John 9 New Testament and this pretty well says it all. (laughs) I must work the works of him. This is Jesus talking. I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night comes when no man can work. There may come a time when we're very limited in what we can do. So I encourage all of us to pray for the wisdom, to pray for the opportunities to be at the right place at the right time that God will place it each of us in, in the place where people need to be that, that we can share some of the stuff that they need and that we will set the proper and right example because we may not have a whole lot of time.